The following message is from the audio ministry of Coastal Community Church. We trust you'll find it helpful and encouraging. Now, here's Pastor Chris Rollins. Welcome. Glad to have you with us. I'm Pastor Chris. Um, man, uh, we've had a great morning. Thank you so much, Chris Ray New, for being the announcement guy today. Woo! Did a good job. Did a good job. Yeah. Ryan's out of town today, and so we, we uh, recruited Chris to do that, did a great job. Um, hey, we do have a lot of exciting things happening in the life of our church. Next Sunday is what? Anybody know? Mother's Day, Mother's Day. Wow, we're gonna have a lot of fun next week, so don't miss Mother's Day. Uh, bring, you know, bring your mom, bring, we actually have a gift for all the ladies next week, and uh, we're gonna have a lot of fun. We got baby dedication next Sunday, uh, baby child dedication, so if you've never participated in that or like to do that, uh, make sure you let us know on the back of your Connect card. Uh, we have some giveaways, we've got, uh, we've got some like, Kona Ices here next week. We're gonna give away uh, syrup be ice. I don't know. It seems to be a big hit with everyone. And uh, we actually got some cupcakes uh, from one of our very own going to be here next Sunday outside. And uh, woo! So um, anyway, it's going to be a lot of fun. Don't miss that. Uh, that's next Sunday. And then we have another big day coming up I want to go ahead and let you know about. Uh, and that uh, we kick off a summer series tradition here at Coastal called At the Movies. And we've been doing this for quite a number of years. Typically, uh, we use current popular movies uh, really just as a hook. Uh, you know, believe it or not, a lot of people get what they believe and think about God or life and spirituality by the movies they watch and the music that they listen to. And uh, instead of, you know, uh, just condemning the culture, why not engage the culture in some of the things that they're talking about and thinking about, but point them to Jesus and point them to biblical truth. And so that's what we do with this series. We just use the movies as a hook to do that. And uh, like I said, usually we use current and popular movies. And we'll probably have a little bit about that this go around. But a couple of years ago, I took a little twist uh, to the series. I was tired of doing the same kind of popular current movies that they do every summer. And so I decided to use my own personal favorite movies. So we used uh, The Godfather, Shawshank, Gladiator, uh, Jaws, Raiders of the Lost Heart. So, and I got a little bit of flack from all the ladies in the house that uh, they all seem to be man movies and a kind of you know manly movies or something. So I heard you loud and clear. So we decided this year to go a little different direction with with this series, and we're actually gonna uh, the, we're gonna we're calling it at the movies, but the tagline is chick flicks and date nights. Okay, and uh, the truth is, I'm just gonna use that as a hook as well, and we're gonna do a relationship. Series. So you're not going to want to miss it. Um, it's going to be a lot of fun. That day, June the 11th, is when we kick off the series. But we're also having um, a baptism at the beach that day. Oh my goodness, that's going to be awesome. And so for those of you who've not yet participated in baptism by immersion, believer's baptism, uh, there's something awesome about experiencing that in the ocean. And uh, the baptism is going to be at 4 o'clock, and immediately afterwards, we're having a big barbecue. We're going to provide the food, the meat, at least, the meat, and, uh, but we're asking you to bring uh, dishes and sides to share, and uh, we're going to have a blast. It's going to be at Folly Beach County Park. Uh, we've rented the pavilion there, the kind of the open-air pavilion, and uh, man, it's going to be awesome. So if you're interested in getting baptized as well on the back of your Connect card, uh, right at the very top where it says, I gave my life to Christ in bold, right next to it is, I would like to get baptized. And you can check that, and we'll know that you're intending to get baptized at the beach. So a lot of fun things uh, coming up this summer. Um, next Sunday, I close out uh, this series that we're in right now called The Real F Word. And uh, today, 
um, I want to talk about an area of forgiveness that uh, many of you are struggling with. You know, on Easter Sunday, uh, we kicked off this series uh, by talking about the prodigal son. Uh, you might remember the story. You know, a man had two sons. The younger one rebelled uh, against his father, wanted his share of the estate back. He demanded it, and uh, he uh, took everything. The, the father gave him uh, his share of the estate. He took off uh, basically to Vegas, okay, and blew all, all of the money, all of the estate, everything the Bible says, on wild living. Now, he was starving, uh, had nothing, no friends, uh, and he's, he winds up feeding pigs in a pigsty, and he comes to his senses. And when he goes home, he decides to go home and uh, asks for his father's forgiveness. And uh, while he's on his way home, the father sees him from a distance and uh, takes off to him, runs to him. The Bible says embraced him, kissed him, uh, forgave him, and welcomed him home. And uh, that's, uh, that's how God forgives us. And we talked a lot about that. We've been talking about God's forgiveness in this series. Well, one of the people who was there in person when Jesus told that story uh, was a guy named Peter, you know, one of the, one of the disciples. And, and he's probably the most outspoken of Jesus' disciples. In fact, typically when you take a survey and ask people which one of the disciples do you most relate to, most people say Peter because he suffered from uh, foot-in-mouth disease. Anybody ever suffer from that? You know, you say the wrong thing at the wrong time, and uh, he had a tendency to do that, to speak uh, before thinking. Well, the day before Jesus died, he has what we now know as the Last Supper with his disciples. And at that meal, Peter makes a promise to Jesus that no matter what happens, he's going to be with Jesus to the very end even if it means dying. Well, Jesus turns to Peter and he says, Peter, before the rooster crows in the morning, you will have denied me. You will have denied that you even know me three times. And Peter's like, no way, Jesus. That is never gonna happen. Man, I am with you to the very end. Jesus, you don't have to worry about me. I would die for you. Well, later that night, Jesus is arrested and he's taken into custody and Peter follows from a distance. And when he gets to the courtyard, a slave girl accused him of being one of the followers of Jesus. And Peter said, I don't, I don't know what you're talking about. Well, then later, another girl comes up to him and in front of everyone said, hey, I think, I think this is one of the disciples of Jesus. He, he was with Jesus too. And Peter says, I don't even know the man. And later, uh, another group of people come up to him, and uh, because of his accent, they say, hey, you must be one of Jesus' followers. And the Bible says that, Jesus, uh, that Peter actually cursed the name of Jesus and said he had no idea you know, who he is and what they're talking about. And then at that moment, this verse, suddenly... Jesus' words flashed through Peter's mind. Before the rooster crows, you will deny me three times. And he went away crying bitterly. You know, you think about that. During the, the moment of Jesus' greatest need, one of his friends denies 
that he even knew him. And so Peter turns his back on the Son of God, and then immediately he experiences what maybe some of you have experienced and are experiencing today, regret and shame and guilt. But you know, it it wasn't a question of whether or not God would forgive Peter. The question really became, would Peter be able to forgive himself? And again, you know, we're all here this morning, and I don't know all of your stories, I know some, but you know, your issue today might not be that you denied knowing Jesus, that you cursed the Son of God, but it might be that you made a mistake in a relationship, and uh, now you're feeling the guilt. It could be that for a period of time you've lived so, so far outside of the will of God that you just feel an enormous amount of shame. And again, it's not an issue of whether or not you can be forgiven by God because we've talked about that and we're gonna talk a little bit about that today again. You are forgiven by God the moment you sincerely ask for it. But the harder question becomes, can you forgive yourself? You see, there are some of you today, it's as though you've been carrying around a lot of baggage and you might even picture in your mind some, some luggage that you just, you know, from, you know, uh, incident to incident, when these things happen, you just, you, you pick up this luggage, you've been carrying it for a long time, and then you sit down in other relationships, and it's almost like it's a wedge between you and that relationship, or between you and God, because you've been unable or unwilling to forgive yourself. Well, maybe today is the day you finally take that step and you are set free. I want us to talk about some requirements I think are necessary if you're truly gonna forgive yourself, and we're gonna look at this from the life of Peter. If you're taking notes, number one, requirement number one for forgiving yourself is coming to God for forgiveness. And again, that, that is obviously the most important step you can take. Listen, no matter what you've done, no matter how far, you think you've run from God, it is never, ever too late to come back home, come home to God, and be forgiven. All you have to do is turn around and humbly take that one step and just ask. You know, not only does God's forgiveness overcome the separation that exists between me and him because of my sin, not only does it assure me that I can spend an eternity with God in heaven, but it also enables me to forgive myself. You know, back to our story, Peter royally screwed up. I mean, in in an extremely critical moment in the life of Jesus, he denied that he even knew him. And before being able to forgive himself, he had to receive forgiveness from God. Now let me ask you, Do you think God forgave Peter? You know, do you think God still had a plan for Peter's life? Absolutely. Look at Mark 16. Um, It's Easter morning, you know, three days after Jesus' body has been buried, and some women uh, we know from Scripture go to prepare the body of Jesus. And when they get there, they look inside the tomb, and it's empty. No Jesus to be found, but there's an angel sitting there. This is what the angel says to them. 
Do not be surprised. You're looking for Jesus the Nazarene who was crucified. He isn't here. He has been raised from the dead. Look, this is where they laid his body. Now, go and give this message to his disciples. And listen to this. Including who? Peter. Including Peter. I mean, the angel specifically tells these women, hey, listen, when you go back, yeah, tell all the disciples, but make sure you tell Peter. Let Peter know that even though he messed up, even though he blew it, even though he cursed the name of Jesus, he says, man, you go back, you let him know that Jesus is alive and that he is forgiven. Now, here's the key. We need to know that God forgives us so that we can receive it and then we can forgive ourselves in the same way. Let me give you some, some important characteristics of the forgiveness of God. Write these down. First of all, God gives you very specifically. He forgives specifically. You know, sometimes it's easy to do this. And I think we fall into this trap as Christians sometimes. Just we ask for, you know, general forgiveness. Oh God, forgive me of my many sins. Okay. But if we're honest... Most of the time, it's the very specific sins that we have the most problem forgiving ourselves for. It's those sins in our lives that, that we know about that cause the pain, that cause the guilt, that cause the regret. Listen, today... God wants to forgive you for the very specific things in your life that are weighing you down. You just gotta ask him. God, I'm carrying this around from this very specific sin in my life and I ask you to forgive me of this so I can forgive myself. Did you know that God also forgives instantly? There's no begging with God. You know, there's no waiting around for, you know, he's got to, you know, go off and think about it. it it's, the, it's there the moment you ask for it. You, you, don't, you, you just have to ask sincerely. He forgives instantly. He also forgives completely. In other words, there's no leftover. You know, there's no residual unforgiveness. God doesn't bring up the past and then throw it in your face. And, and uh, you know, when, you, when God forgives, it's done. It never has to be forgiven again. He also forgives repeatedly. In other words, there are no limits. God, God will forgive you over and over and over again without end. There's never a time you can't turn to God. No sin is too great. There is no sin that you may have committed too many times that God won't forgive you. And God forgives freely. You can't earn it. It's absolutely free. It costs, it costs you nothing. Now, it costs God his, his, his very own son, but it costs you nothing. Now think about that. God's forgiveness is specific, instant, complete, without limit, and it's free. Only God can do that. You will never be able to forgive you yourself until you, you first come to terms with God's forgiveness and you experience his forgiveness. And until you do that, you won't be able to forgive yourself. Look at how Paul describes God's forgiveness. I love this verse in Colossians chapter two. Listen to this. He forgave which of our sins? What does it say? He forgave what? All, he forgave all our sins. Listen to this. He canceled the record that contained the charges against us. He took it and he destroyed it by nailing it to Christ's cross. Underline that last phrase, nailing it to the cross. 
underline that, highlight it, star it. Jesus settled this issue of forgiveness on the cross. Look at Romans 8.1. Listen to this. So now there is no what? No condemnation for those who belong to Christ Jesus. Now, what does that mean? What does all of that mean? You know what it means? It means that Jesus took a beating so that you don't have to. Jesus took a beating so you don't have to. You can stop beating yourself up because of what Jesus accomplished on the cross. And you, you gotta get this this morning because if you can't forgive yourself, you know what you're doing? You're just crucifying Jesus all over again. He's already taken the beating for that. You gotta let that go. But until you recognize that you are completely forgiven by God, until you realize what he accomplished on the cross for you, nailing it to the cross, you're not gonna be able to forgive yourself. Number two, forgiving myself also requires that I change my pattern. My pattern, let me explain. Peter you know, made some significant changes in his life after receiving forgiveness from God. I mean, if you read the rest of Acts, just weeks after denying Jesus in the courtyard, you know, here's, here's Peter teaching about Jesus before a massive crowd gathered in Jerusalem. And the Bible says that over 3,000 people that day believed and were baptized. Over 3,000. Later, because he kept on teaching, he and John were arrested and brought before the Jewish high council. The very people who were involved, by the way, in crucifying Jesus. They were warned not to teach or speak about Jesus anymore in a public way or else. And then in Acts chapter 4, it says this. The members of the council were amazed. Listen to this. This is amazing. When they saw the what? The boldness of Peter and John. They could see that these were just ordinary men who had no special training. They also recognized them as men who had been with who? Who had been with Jesus. Now notice those words again. The boldness of Jesus. Don't you remember? This is the same guy who just weeks earlier had cowardly even even denied that he knew Jesus before a servant girl in the courtyard. Now, the Bible says, he's preaching in front of thousands. With boldness, he is speaking in front of the Jewish council, no matter the cost. Later, at the end of the life of Peter, he's crucified. Peter is crucified. He was was killed as a martyr, speaking out for Jesus. And tradition has it that Peter asked to be crucified upside down. Because he didn't think he was worthy to be crucified, to die the same way that Jesus did. Man, that's a lot of change. In a guy's life, in just a a short period of time. Now, you might be sitting here this morning saying, whoa, 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 hold up now, Pastor Chris. I thought you said that forgiveness is free. Now, are you now saying that I gotta change like Peter did before I'm forgiven? No, that's not at all what I'm saying. Forgiveness is unconditional. But, unless you begin to change some of the destructive patterns in your life that are the source of that baggage, you're never gonna be able to forgive yourself. You know, here's the question some of you might be struggling with today. Well, Pastor Chris, can I keep, can I keep on ask, asking for forgiveness for the same sin over and over and over again? Well, the answer is yes and no. You know, number one, if, if you ask for forgiveness insincerely, 
I think we all know what I'm talking about. We've all done that before. You know, where basically you kind of play a game with God. You know, you want a clear conscience. God, please forgive me. But you say it fully knowing that you intend to do it again. You, you with me on that? You tracking with me? You know what I'm talking about, right? We've all done that. We've all been there. You know, we know we really aren't sorry. We, we don't really want to give up whatever this thing is. But we kind of want to, you know, a little bit of a clear conscience. We want to kind of play a game with God. But God doesn't play games. You know, he knows. He knows our heart. He knows, you know, he's not going to forgive us if we're not sincere. When you go to God for forgiveness, you have to humbly admit what you did and want to change. The Bible calls that repentance. But there are times when we are sincere and we truly regret the sin in our life and we do want to change. We humbly ask for forgiveness and we receive it. And you know what we do? We turn around and we commit the sin again and again and again. Now that happens all the time with all of us. You know, you see that a lot with like maybe addictions or, or habits. And, and I, I think that's the number one source of, of shame in a lot of people's lives because there is nothing more humiliating than not wanting to do something and then keep doing it. Now will God forgive me for that? The answer is yes. Now here's the problem though. Even though forgiveness happens, if you keep falling into that sin over and over and over again, sometimes you become numb to the experience. God may have forgiven you, but you don't feel it anymore because you keep falling into that same sin and the guilt begins to build. And soon, you're not just numb to the forgiveness, but you're numb to the sin. And it takes such power over you that you begin to justify it. You begin to make excuses for it. And if you want to forgive yourself, you've got to begin to change the patterns in your life that led to the guilt and the shame and the regret. Now here's the good news for a believer. You see, when God enters your life, when God forgives you, he also gives you the power to see those destructive patterns in your life. He gives you the power to remove them and replace them. We talked about that last week. Look at Philippians 2.13. For God is working in you. Listen to this. This is so unbelievable. He both gives you the desire to obey him and the power to do what pleases him. And so when God forgives you and you begin to change your life, you begin the process of being able to forgive yourself. Number three, forgiving myself also requires creating a new future for myself. Now again, you might be thinking, Chris, that's kind of presumptuous, isn't it, to say that I can create a new future? Isn't that what God does? Isn't that God's job? Well, yeah. But you and I have a role to play. In fact, look at Peter. How, how would God see fit to use Peter again after what he did? You know, what's amazing is you look at, look at what Jesus said to Peter actually before this even happened. In Matthew 16, Jesus tells Peter, now, I say to you that you are Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, and all the powers of hell will not be able to conquer it. Now, Jesus said that knowing that Peter was going to deny him. He knew what Peter was going to do, and yet, man, here's the good news. He still chose Peter because he knew the potential of Peter. He could see Peter past the mistake, past the, the, the fault. 
God used Peter to be you know, a key leader in the only organization that Jesus left behind. The only organization that's going to last for all eternity and on into eternity. And that's the church. And God, listen to this. Here's what you've got to hear today. Man, God's got a plan for you too. God knows the, the mistakes that you've made. He knows you know, the fault in your life. But God also knows the potential. You know, nothing that you can do in this life can limit the plans that God has for you as long, as long as you're willing to go to God, to turn to him, to humbly ask for forgiveness, to receive it, and to forgive yourself. You say, yeah, but Pastor Chris, I've messed up. I mean, I've messed up relationally, I've messed up physically, I've messed up sexually, I've, I've, I've ruined relationships, I've, I've hurt a lot of people. You don't understand. I have run so far from God that there's no way that God's ever going to be able to forgive me, take me back, and then to use me in any significant way. Listen, that is just not true. You have believed a lie. God has a purpose for you. God, God's plan is for you to receive his forgiveness into your life and then to leave those destructive patterns that you have and to open your eyes up to the incredible potential that God sees in you, the incredible future that he has for you. Now here's an important truth you need to know. God has a purpose for your past. God has a purpose for your past. God forgives the past, but listen to this. In a way, he, he really never erases it. Because he has a purpose for it. You know, you're given a new start. Everybody in here, you know, we, we all have baggage, we all have pain, and, and we all have scars from that, that past. And God has a purpose for your scars. You see, when we all come to Jesus, you know, with, with those wounds and, and, and hurt and pain and past mistakes, God's intention, his desire is to heal those wounds. You know, to bind together all those hurts that you have in your life, but then, listen to this, to use them for your good and for his glory. He allows the scar. You say, well, why? So that he can use you as a wounded healer. You know, to go out and, and to minister and to love and to serve those people who've been, you know, hurt the same way you have, who are struggling with the same thing that you struggled with. Man, that's how God gets glorified. That's how people get helped. You know, when, when we allow God to use our weaknesses, to use our past, to use our scars to help other people. Listen, raise your hand. You have baggage from your past? You got a scar? You ever play that game, you know, show somebody your scar? Raise your hand. Everybody raise your hand. We all got a scar, right? You know, turn to your neighbor right now. Let me show you my scar. No, um, we've all got them. We all do. Don't be ashamed of your scars. God wants to use it. For, for your good and for his glory. Look at what Paul, a famously scarred individual, look what he said in 2 Corinthians 12. God said, my gracious favor is all you need. My power works best in your weakness, in your scar, in your past, in your luggage. So now I am glad to boast about my weaknesses so that the power of Christ may work through me. Are you wondering here today how God might want to use you? Take a look at your scar. Take a look at the baggage that you left behind. Those things in your life that might have hurt you the very most, God wants to use those. There are people in this room who are struggling with the very same thing that you are. I guarantee it. I guarantee there are people where you live, work, and play 
who are struggling with some of the same things that you've struggled with. And God wants to use it. He wants to turn your past hurt into your most powerful testimony, your most powerful ministry. You know, there there are a couple of roads that everybody can take when dealing with unforgiveness in our life. The first road is the road we just traveled together. It's the road that Peter traveled. It's coming to God for forgiveness. It's changing those patterns in our life and then opening our, our, our eyes up to his unlimited future that he has for us by by realizing that he wants to use those past experiences, those scars, to help other people who are going through the same thing. That's one road we can travel. Sadly, the other road is the one that's most traveled. It's the road where you just carry that stuff around for the rest of your life. And you live in unforgiveness because you won't forgive yourself. You know, maybe you are here today and you don't see how you could possibly forgive yourself. You don't see how God could possibly forgive you. And you don't know how you're going to move beyond it. You don't, you don't see how God could use you in any significant way in your future. You know, one of the things I think that might be helpful for you is just to remember the names of all the people in the Bible who God used to do great, extraordinary things. I mean, people who were jacked up. They were messed up people. And they made some terrible, terrible mistakes. You know, Jacob in the Old Testament, he was a liar. He was a cheat. And yet God changed his name to Israel. He became the father of the 12 tribes of Israel. Moses was a stuttering murderer. And yet God used him to set his people free. Think about David. David, you know, we know him as a great king and, and uh, you know, the, a great warrior and David and Goliath. But listen, man, David was an adulterer. And then he murdered the husband of the woman that he committed adultery with. And yet God used him. He says he became a man after God's own heart. Jonah, Jonah ran away from God, ran away from helping people. And yet God brought him back and used him. To, ch- to change an entire city. The Apostle Paul, I mean, here's a guy that persecuted, murdered Christians, chased them down, hunted them down, and yet God used him to become one of the greatest evangelists and church planners in the, in the history of the world. And yet, even Peter, here's Peter again, he denied, he cursed Jesus, but God used him as a central figure in the founding of the church, and we're all here today as a result of it. You see? That's God's hall of fame. And everyone in it has a scar, has faults, has baggage. And you could be the next person on the list. You could become a trophy of God's amazing grace. All you have to do Receive God's forgiveness. Forgive yourself. And open up your life to God's potential and the future that he has for you. Listen, every sin that you have committed, Jesus Christ took it to the cross.
There is now no condemnation in Jesus. But it's time that you stop beating yourself up and you receive that forgiveness. And if you'll do that today, man, you can walk out of here, not just with a clean conscience, a clear conscience, but you can walk out of here in victory, beginning to realize the great potential that God has for you. You can experience that today. You've been listening to a message from Pastor Chris Rollins of Coastal Community Church. For more information about Coastal or to explore what your next step of faith might look like, check us out online at coastalcommunitychurch.org. From Pastor Chris and the family at Coastal Community Church, thanks for listening.